Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to a wash the hell out of that jersey episode of a Colts podcast. My name's presented by Sports Illustrated and Horseshoe Huddle. My name's Brandon. I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Uh, you know, since we were there, you got to wash them twice. Got to wash those jerseys twice. What a piss poor effort that we got to witness the other day. Uh, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? Uh, how's Monday? The drive home certainly wasn't a very fun drive, drive home. home. Um, from from Lucas Oil Stadium, the last last game of the year at Lucas Oil Stadium, and the Colts go out on a pretty sour note. Um, just just wasn't a good performance all around. Offense struggled. The defense didn't have their their moments, and uh, I mean, this was just a very, very very low energy game. The Indianapolis Colts didn't come out and bring it. And stats, Matt, you're right. We're going to blame this it on year. Brandon because he was zero and two this year. So Colts as a team, only four and five at home this year. Not not great. Definitely not what you want to see at Lucas Oil Stadium, but thankfully the Colts still have a chance to get into the playoffs, winning their in on Sunday against Jacksonville, which is tougher than it might seem. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not the performance that I was expecting out of the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday. Yeah, me neither. Uh, go follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at a Colts Podcast. Uh, I think you know how to spell that. Uh, thanks, Stat Matt, for just rubbing that in my face. Um, I don't know what's up with this season in the NFL, Andrew, at all. Stats, you know, brought it up. The Cardinals can't win at home. They're only winning away games. Uh, what did you just say we were? Four and five at home? Colts are four and five at home this season. And, and I think the league in general is around the 500 mark last year. And, and the thing is, it's even better than last year. Cause last year, I think overall the home team had a losing record in, in 2020 That's because crazy. I mean, there wasn't very many fans, so you could obviously see why, but now with fans back in the stands, it's still only about a 500 record. So the home field advantage definitely hasn't had its its impact as as it has in previous years in the NFL. I'll tell you what, it was loud in there yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a couple moments, and the, the two loudest moments of the game, it was a big third down, a big fourth down, both were converted by the Raiders. The loudest it got in there. We got a couple of false starts caused. Mm-hmm. We caused that. I, I, go us. Uh, we did that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, you're right. What you said with long drive home, uh, I was miserable, uh, yesterday. I, I have never had such a terrible time physically in a Colts game. <laughs> I mean, I was just hurting. So the drive home was even worse with just a, a loss on top of it. You remember the Miami game? You remember the drive home from that one? We had what an extra hour and a half from a, because of an accident. Cause when we got cute trying to save time, getting off the intersection, it was just bad. It reminded me <laughs> the, a lot of that. Um, Andrew, let's talk about a little bit of what caused, um, you know, that loss at home against a terrible Raiders team. Uh, Colts came out looking real sluggish, real low energy. Um, what is your thoughts? Um, obviously the Colts lost 23 to 20. Sorry. Uh, what is your thought on, uh, the energy level of that football team yesterday? So, I mean, first of all, I, I, I don't think I don't think it's right saying that the Raiders are a terrible football team. I mean, they've got the same record as the Colts. And I mean, they're, they're fighting for a playoff spot right there with Indianapolis. If they beat the chargers next Sunday, 
the Raiders are in the playoffs. So I, that's why I'm not as, as down on this loss as, as some people that I've seen on, on social media about this loss, because the Raiders, well, I mean, while their season has been so up and down and they've had so much turmoil, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, yeah. this isn't a, this isn't a bad team that we played that the Colts should have beat them for sure. The Colts are a much more talented team. And, and I think even with, as you saw the, the, the struggles that they had yesterday still had a chance to pull out the victory, but, but it just seemed like the Colts, even from the very start did not, they, did, they didn't match the energy that the Raiders came out with the Raiders had their backs up against the wall. They knew they had to win. Otherwise their playoff hopes would be done for. And, and I could tell from the very start, they just, it seemed like the Raiders wanted it more. And it seemed like the, the, just this, this Colts team that we're always talking about brings the juice and it is so hyped up. They weren't the ones that were really putting the pressure on yesterday. And it was, it was, it was it was kind of weird to see just because Lucas Oil Stadium did have a good energy yesterday. I felt like the fans were really into it. Uh, I mean, when T.Y. Hilton was introduced, it was pretty loud. Uh, whenever the Colts did do something, well, I mean, the, it brought the crowd back into it. But like you said, when, when the Colts had them in third and fourth down and, and the crowd was really into it and being very loud – the Raiders would convert and it'd take the crowd right back out of the game. So it, I, I'm not, I, it could be that maybe it was a lack of practice because so many guys were on the COVID list could be, maybe they had some lingering effects from COVID that they couldn't, they, like I said, they weren't going to be at a hundred percent being able to give it their full all physically, or it could have just been that they were taking the Raiders lightly. Either way, the the energy that they brought yesterday was unacceptable, and, and that's not going to win you games, especially if the Colts do make it into January and into the playoffs. That kind of energy is not going to get get you wins. In fact, it's probably going to get you run out of the building. Yeah, to be clear, it was loud at the TY moment. I just wasn't – I was too busy thinking about the TY moment to realize how loud it was in there. I actually just started laughing, like uncontrollable <laughs> laughter. I thought that play was hilarious. Um, so, yeah, it was loud then. It was loud when uh, he came onto the field. It was real loud when Ryan Kelly came onto the field. So the fans were there. Um, but, yeah, that first drive kind of took it out of us um, until, you know, we kind of got back on top of things. But, yeah, let, giving up a touchdown and then a three and out right off the bat um, was not the start you want um, during a win and in situation. Uh, I think we had a virtual practice this past week. Um, Wentz, I mean, he he looked sluggish. He didn't look great, um, and we'll get there. But you know, he missed practice all week. The, the our big three in the middle, while our run blocking was good. Matt Matt uh, is sending out fake stats here today. Apparently, um, you know, and he's saying that Wentz was pressure on 25, 25 of his dropbacks. Was hit seven times. I mean, that's not you know, the typical day for that offensive line. So overall, all three phases of the game, special teams, let's not leave them out. Um, They didn't look great either. That's the first bad game the special teams unit has had all year probably. So this right here was a team loss, uh, and, and I would say the energy level was pretty consistent throughout. Yeah, and I think which once you saw the, the 
it was probably about middle or towards the end of the first quarter and, and end of the second quarter. That's when you kind of saw the Colts finally start to pick it up and start to be competitive. And then we saw the drive to end the first half was a great two minute drive. And then coming out to start the second half, the Colts went right down the field and, and scored again. And you thought, okay, this is, yeah. this is exactly what the Colts needed. This is what we were expecting to see out of this Colts team. And, and, and I credit the Raiders. We're, we'll talk about Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro and, and, and others later, but, but they went toe to toe with the Indianapolis Colts and, and they deserve to win that game. The Colts really didn't do anything well enough to beat the, the Raiders or, or even where you think they should have won that game. The Raiders outplayed them. They outcoached them like Frank Reich said. And, and I think it, it was probably a little bit of a wake up call for the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday that you let your guard down a little bit. Drinking your own I mean, Kool-Aid. We, we, we say this every week. It's any team can win on any given Sunday, no matter the team. And that was proof of it on Sunday. The Colts were a big favorites at home and certainly didn't play like it. No, they did not. Um, especially in the AFC this year. Like you said, the Raiders, you know, team that most people would say stinks. Same record as us with a chance to get into the playoffs. Um, I mean, what is it? Almost every team in the AFC has, you know, a is within a game or two of each other minus two or three teams. I mean, it's insane. Um, but yeah, real quick before we move forward, I got to tell you this story. I'm di- I've been dying to tell you this story. I saved it for the show. Um, so this woman sitting next to us right off the bat wants to talk to us. Don't love that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hurt and hung over. Okay. We, we, we howled at the moon Saturday night. Okay. I'm, we enjoyed ourselves and, this woman wants to talk right away. Oh, you guys are going to love this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, this, does this woman think this is our first game? Why is she talking to us like we've never been to a football game before? That's how it started. And then she's loud. Real loud. Why is no one high-pitched? Why is no one standing up? Let's go, fans. We're sucking it up. And then everybody on the Colts is an idiot. Okay? Everybody. Who's calling these plays? This guy's an idiot. What is he doing? Give it to money. Give it to the money. JT, he's the best in the league. I mean, just going on and on. And then I realized this woman is wearing two jerseys. And she is taking off a jersey and putting it back on every time the defense comes onto the field. She's wearing one offensive jersey, one defensive jersey. This woman was out of her fucking mind. I was oh screaming. Like, she was obnoxious. She also went to the Saints Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl game against the Saints and was just talking all about that. It was terrible. But anyway, something else that was terrible, Carson Wentz. Uh, 16 for 27, uh, 59.3%, 148 yards, a touchdown, and uh, 86.7%, or not percent, but passer rating. Um, and, you know, and Matt's saying, you know, he was getting slammed. You know, it was all Carson Wentz's fault. Uh, it wasn't all his fault. The whole team stunk, but Carson did stink. Um, one of his worst games as a Colt. It wasn't even it, the, the the crazy part is he. It wasn't like he was making bonehead decisions. It wasn't what we've been worried about this whole year. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. What in the hell happened Sunday? A lot of bad on Carson Wentz's front, and and I. I it's hard to explain exactly what what it boils down to because I think it's a multitude of factors. Yes, he missed all week in practice. Yes. He, he probably was stealing, still feeling some effects of, of COVID on Sunday. Excuse me. But the thing is, this late in the season, you're, you're not necessarily getting all the practice reps either because it's late in the season. Guys are taking some time off. Yep. 
so I don't know how. And much he acknowledged that. that. Frank even acknowledged that. That was probably the yeah, least I, Frank Reich's ever had Carson Wentz's back. I and I don't I don't know that. I really don't know if that that played a major role into it, but it just seemed like from the very beginning, Carson Wentz wasn't, wasn't on his game. Uh, They were very, he held, it seemed like he held onto the ball a lot longer than, than he has been in the past few games. And then he did some, some Houdini theatrics where he would escape from the pocket, but then he had some, some off target throws. I mean, he, he missed Zach Pascal wide or high on a, on a throw that he should have made right in Pascal's chest would have been for a first down. Obviously, when when he has T.Y. Hilton wide open over on the left side of the field. And and when you look at the play, I think it's not all on Carson Wentz because I think T.Y. Hilton did slow down for a, a, a tiny second. But at the same time, that that's that's as open as you're going to be in the NFL. you got to put it on your receiver. That's on the quarterback. So that that's a, a touch that probably seals the game if T.Y. Hilton gets a touchdown there. He there was one other time where he escaped the pocket and he overthrows Moali Cox. Just there wasn't it wasn't a crisp performance at all from Carson Wentz. And maybe it was the same thing, kind of drinking drinking your own Kool-Aid as well. I mean, Carson Wentz goes out and has a has a game against the Arizona Cardinals where he puts the team on yeah. his back leads him to a victory, making very good throws there at the end. And then he comes out with a very flat performance. And it's just, it's not something you want to see, especially when the Colts are on the cusp of going into the playoffs. And you know that other teams around the league are seeing this, that you're seeing that that the more attention you put on Jonathan Taylor, the better chance you're going to have to beat this Colts team because do you really trust Carson Wentz to go out there and beat a high-level pass defense? And, I mean, the Raiders aren't even a high-level pass defense, but they were still going out there and then contesting every throw, getting pressure on on Carson Wentz and, and making sure that he he wasn't comfortable back there. And and it showed. He If you, don't t- if you take away the launch, the touchdown, the, the throw from 45 yards away to T.Y. Hilton that, that – bounced off two Raiders hands and Ashton Doolin's hands right into T Y Hilton's lap. So awesome. Carson Wentz only has a hundred yards yesterday. That's, and uh, I mean, you can say, Oh, well that we beat the, we beat the Patriots. So it doesn't matter. He throws 57 yards. Well, we didn't beat the Raiders this time. And he barely threw for a hundred. He didn't even throw for 150 yards this time. And he threw the ball 27 times, not 12. He did throw the ball 27 times. Carson Wentz needs to step it up, especially because, I mean, Jacksonville is not just going to roll over. And uh-huh. then whoever, the, if the they Colts love do, ruining our day, if the Colts do win that game, the Bengals certainly aren't going to roll over. Bengals look, are on fire right now. Buffalo is going to try to redeem themselves. You know, New England's going to be upset. Uh, who else? God forbid if they get the seventh seed and have to travel to Arrowhead and go to Tennessee or, or travel to, to, to Tennessee or, yeah, Tennessee or Kansas City. Carson Wentz needs to be better if the Colts have a want to advance in the playoffs, and and Sunday's performance will not get it done. Yeah, and, the, and and like I said, the worst part is it wasn't, you know, what we criticized earlier in the year. It's always one or two bonehead moves, always one or two dumb plays. It's been it, yesterday. It was just he could, he couldn't throw the ball where it needed to go. Um, best part about that Ty touchdown though was his celebration because like it was like he realized it when we all did like oh my god I caught this ball in the end zone and Zach Pascal was starting to celebrate on the ground already he wasn't even all the way on the ground he's throwing his arms up that was a lot of fun um it was wonderful was it Ashton Doolin I thought it was Pascal out there either way you get it 
You know nobody would have caught that if uh, you hadn't said that. Thanks a lot, asshole. Um, <laughs> well, hey, and, and, and Matt brings up a good point that I didn't even mention. Wentz had two, two times where he tried to throw it left-handed again. <laughs> and a pitch. <laughs> and a, uh, the, pitch, the pitch I didn't mind this yeah, time. Because, that time. Because there wasn't a player in between him and Naheem Hines. So the pitch I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind. The left-handed throws that when he was left, going he, down. He was trying to get rid of the ball. Andrew Luck used to do that. And, I mean, we did probably complain about it. But other times it's, he did it in such a fashion. They're like, man, I can't believe he's able to get the ball out like he does. So, okay. Well, a few bad plays. A few head scratchers. Um, offense, I mean, aside from just you know, what was caused by, uh, you know, Wentz's inaccuracy and poor decision-making was pretty stagnant overall. Um, Jonathan Taylor, outside of Jonathan Taylor, who had 20 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown, 262 uh, total yards for the offense, three out of 11 on third down. Play calling yesterday, not great. I wouldn't even say the play calling. It's just the offensive offensive execution and, and really the diversity within the offense. It just seemed very bland to me yesterday. We didn't see – I mean, the we saw – Dion Jackson run on a third and short. I mean, yeah. that's that's that almost seems like Frank Wright getting a little getting a little too cute there. Uh, but but you didn't see the 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 amount of crossers that that we normally see in in a Frank Wright game plan. I we didn't see near enough play action in my opinion. Something that the Colts have been thriving on. Yeah, and and something that Frank Reich mentioned today is we're starting to see the yards per attempt for Carson Wentz start going the opposite direction. It's starting to come down and, and Frank Reich does not like that trends. That is something that Frank Reich uses to really assess how his offense is doing and the success of the, especially in the passing game. And when that's a, he likes to see it around seven to eight yards per attempt. Well, it's, it's dipping into the sixth category right now. And Frank Reich uh, does not like that. That is something that was huge to Frank Reich. And it's because there's been a lack of, of explosive passing plays really. I mean, when you start thinking about towards the middle of the year, when the Colts were starting to really throw it down the field to Michael Pittman, T Y Hilton, getting some plays to even Zach Pascal, Ashton Doolin, that's not there anymore. I mean, we're seeing maybe a play here or there, but it's not it's not the consistent deep threat that the Colts were showing. And, and when Carson Wentz throwing such a pretty deep ball, and that's all we hear, heard about was his ability to throw it deep, his ability to make this offense explosive again. That hasn't really happened in the last few games. And, and I understand, I mean, maybe outside of that final drive uh, against Arizona, but, but we have to understand this, that the Colts want to be an explosive offense, especially yeah. if teams are going to put so many resources to stop John Jonathan Taylor, that shouldn't be a bad thing right. for this Colts offense. That should be a good thing because that's just going to, that should open up so many things for Carson Wentz and for the, the wide receivers on this Colts team, which by the way, the wide receivers seemed like could barely get any separation yesterday yeah. as well. They certainly need to step things up, but I think, <clears> I think uh, stagnant, the stagnant offense that we saw yesterday was a combination between Carson Wentz's struggles and Carson Wentz not playing well the wide receivers not being able to get separation and maybe a lack of talent there just at that wide receiver position because the Colts are relying on Michael Pittman Jr. for so much of that offense and some of the play calling. I think it's a combination of all three of those things that's really leading to this offense being a one-trick pony and just pounding it with Jonathan Taylor. Otherwise, the Colts really haven't had success in very many other areas. 
Uh, well, and I saw a, a friend of mine on on Twitter had posted he had, during the game. I was looking at stuff today. Um, he said he had counted up to like four second and tens, and there wasn't a wide receiver on the field or in the backfield. I mean, and you mentioned there wasn't enough play action, and I imagine that's because you know maybe we they decided hey Carson doesn't have enough time to be to, to be running any play action. I don't know, but um, I. I, I get what you're saying to the receivers. I agree. Carson, I agree. But, I mean, they're, Frank Reich and, and, and Matt mentions a couple of, you know, moments as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just all around, not 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 great on offense. Um, and, honestly, we'll start talking about it now. The defense wasn't great either. Uh, I thought the defense played a, probably a little bit better than, yeah. the, than the offense did, but not by much. I mean, you saw – Darius Leonard get another turnover. He yeah, got his 12. 13th or 12th turnover of the 12th. season. You could be right. He, we saw Isaiah Rogers make a hell of a play on, on that deep ball where he was able to intercept Derek Carr. And then credit to Rocky Sin. Rocky Sin had a had, had a day. I mean, Frank Frank Reich was raving about him after the game, and and and, and Rocky Sin goes in, and he, it seemed like every time he was targeted, pass breakup, pass breakup, almost came yep. up with another interception of Carr. Rocky Sin has turned into a player, and yep. I'm very very pleased with how Rocky Sin has ascended this year, and I'm very confident with Rocky Sin being a core outside cornerback for this team for for the next for the foreseeable future if he keeps up this level of play he's been very good yeah i'm good with it there were too many missed tackles um there were too many times where the colts couldn't get off the field on third down too many times where i mean we even talked about it the matchup between hunter renfro and and kenny moore hunter renfro took kenny moore to school on sunday and and that's not you don't see that that guy was that guy was fun to watch i mean as much as i hated it that he played some good football Kenny, him and Kenny Moore went toe to toe a numerous times and, and Kenny Moore had a lot of trouble with Hunter Renfro. And, and that's why I was talking about on Wednesday that he's a very underrated wide receiver. And if you don't, if you're not on your P's and yeah. Q's, he could give, he give you some trouble. And he certainly put the did. moves on him, put he, the moves on special he's, teams. I mean, he, he had a good football game. Hunter Renfro is a good, a good, very good player. And, and it's, it's something we we've seen from Derek Carr in the past when facing this Colts team, if you let him stay back there and be comfortable, yep. he's going to make plays. And and I'm still the Colts did get two sacks on him and Quiddy pay had a sack DeForest Buckner and Kamoko Ture combined on a sack. But as far as consistent pressure, I don't think there was enough of it. And, and we're, it's almost like we're kind of seeing where it, at this point, DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay can't do it all. There needs to be more pass rush from the other guys. I mean, Al-Qadim Muhammad, I don't really remember talking about him or seeing him having a major impact yesterday in the nope. pass rushing game. Grover Stewart, I mean, that's I know that's not Grover Stewart's main role, but Grover Stewart didn't really get back there. Uh, Dio Odangbo, uh, Isaac Rochelle. It's it's really your own, uh, Taylor Stallworth. You're only seeing really DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay get back there. It needs to be more. If the Colts are going to do this this pass rush by committee approach, it can't just be those two guys. Especially yeah. when Quiddy Pay is a rookie and he's still trying to figure out this game. And, and I think Quiddy Pay is doing a phenomenal job. But it's got to be it's got to be more prevalent, especially when you're facing higher caliber quarterbacks in the playoffs than Derek Carr, because a Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the playoffs. You're going to face a Joe Burrow who is red hot right and now. The, maybe the best second best receiver in football right now in Jamar Chase. 
Very well could be. I mean, and then you think about even even on the teams that, that aren't division champions. I mean, Ryan Tannehill still gives the Colts issues, but he, he'll be a division champion. They are division champions now. Uh, yep. Just Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert probably has a chance to be in the playoffs. Josh Allen. There's going to be very, very good quarterbacks in these playoffs. And if the Colts want to want to have success, again, this pass rush needs to step up and they need to get more out of the other guys. and can't just rely on Buckner and Pay to be the ones pressuring on every single play. I talk about this every so often. I say if my mom or my fiance, you know, who like watching football, but they're not digging into it like us, they're not digging into it like some of our fans, you know, if they're going, you know, little things like why why is Carson getting eaten up so fast and Derek Carr has all day long to throw the ball? Paige is like, you know, like what get to this dude. What is going on? And that's what result, you know, that's exactly what you talked about on Wednesday. And we didn't do it, and that's what resulted in him going 24 for 31, 77% completion percentage, 255 yards of touchdown, and two interceptions that didn't matter because we didn't score any points off of him. Uh, you know, Zay Jones and that's, had eight. And that's not normal either. That's not, that's not something we typically no. see out of this Colts team. This Colts team has been very, very good this year. At when the defense has produced those turnovers, the Colts usually score off those, at least get yeah. three points off of them. At and least. You know what? Even if we get three points, might be the difference in the game. Yeah. Colts might have gotten the ball in overtime and gone down the field, ridden on JT's coattails, maybe got the victory. It was just just a, not a typical Colts game for this Colts team this year, where where they, they yeah. just they lacked in the energy department, they lacked in the areas that they've been good at all season long, and and that's what's going to lead to a loss. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what though. Your, your close personal friend, uh, Stephen Holder, had a great tweet um, at the half. I was outside the bathroom, and he said, there's people out there that thought Frank Reich was going to kick the field goal before the half on that fourth <laughs> down. He goes, are you people out of your mind? Yeah, I, I was, uh, did, yeah. didn't even enter my mind that Frank Reich was going to kick it there. <laughs> I would have been shocked. I would have been yeah. absolutely shocked. Um, but, yeah, Zay Jones had a day, eight catches, 120 yards. Hunter Renfro, seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and I believe he had some good, you know, good amount of return yards um, on the Colts today as, or yesterday as well. Uh, anything else on the defense? I mean, just couldn't get to Derek Carr. And when that yeah. when, when you can't, you know what, I don't even, I don't even blame – our corners, I don't blame our safeties. You know, you got to get to the quarterback sometime. The corners can't cover him forever. And, and it, what what it especially hurt on that final throw from Derek Carr to Hunter Renfro. And I, I, I'll have to watch the film tomorrow and and see who it was that was rushing right up the middle on Derek Carr. But he was. It, it might even been Darius Leonard. I'm not sure. I thought it but was Buck. It, it, it could have been Buckner as well. But Derek Carr made a very nice move in the pocket to escape the rusher yeah. who was coming right at him, just a little sidestep in the pocket, and delivered a very nice throw right to Hunter Renfro that ended up getting the the Raiders the first down and right into the field goal range for, for Daniel Carlson to kick the game winner. Uh, conspiracy theory is that Hard Knocks asked the Colts to lose to make Week, week 18 uh, win and in. That's hilarious. Uh, I, I don't even know if we talked about this cause I don't know if it was an issue yet. Um, but the, the idea that the NFL is conspiring to get our tiny little football team into the playoffs is hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't you know, man. Some, you talk to some Titans fans and they sure believe that. Oh my God. Um, 
but yeah, that whole game, it started out like Paige, you know, they marched right down, scored. She's like, oh man, what, you know? And I was like, don't worry, like this long game ahead. I mean, we are not going to let this this Raiders team beat us. We're not going to do it. We're going to, Jonathan Taylor, death, taxes, Jonathan Taylor breaking one off for a touchdown. Uh, that never came. He had some nice runs, but I don't, it was, oh, I did call the Darius Leonard interception though. Two plays oh, before, nice. two days before, two plays before <laughs> I go. said out loud and like three people, are, oh yeah, oh yeah. I said, I'm feeling a Darius Leonard turnover right about now. Two plays later, interception. Just saying. Anything <laughs> else on that game? Not really. Um, besides that, the Colts should have taken care of business. And I think it, and I think it's good for him, though. I think this is a good wake-up call to realize, I mean, you can't let your guard down for even a second. And I know that the Colts have been playing basically playoff-type games because they had they got themselves into a one and four hole and had to dig themselves back out of it and and that can be a lot but I think it's good that this loss hit them to realize that if they do let their guard down just a little bit they they can get beat by any team and the same exact thing can happen this weekend this upcoming weekend in Jacksonville against the Jacksonville team that while they may be two and fourteen the Colts lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars last year and the Jags were one and fifteen. So I think it was Joel Erickson or, yep. or Jim Aiello say that the technically the Jaguars are double or twice as good as they were last year when they beat the Colts, but Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, since 2014, Reggie Wayne was still a member of the Indianapolis Colts. The last time they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Yikes. Don't love that, but Hey, winning in this, this Sunday. So it is Sunday as right, of right now. Yeah, it is Sunday, Sunday, one o'clock. As of right now, the Colts are 15 and a half point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars, That's too many which points. is the largest spread. The Colts have been if that if it holds, it'll be the largest the Colts have been favored in franchise history. So doesn't mean anything. The Colts have to go out there and prove it. They I mean they were seven and a half point favorites on Sunday and got beat by three. So Colts know that they need to go out there, take care of business break this dumb streak that they're on where they can't win in Jacksonville and move on and, and get to the playoffs and try to make some noise. Um, oh, I, you know, I saw somebody say today, you know, like people are worried about Jacksonville. Did you see what happened to them today? You know, I don't care. It's different. Doesn't matter. When they're playing us, it's different. Bill Belichick hates those dudes. So Bill Belichick was not taking his foot off the gas against Jacksonville after a couple of losses in a row. So I'm not shocked. Andrew, injuries. Only one injury to report from yesterday. Um, Xavier Rhodes left the game with a hamstring. Um, he's currently day-to-day, so we'll have to watch out for that and see if he's available next Sunday. If not, I think the Colts are pretty confident that Isaiah Rodgers can step in and take his snaps. Um, and then the only other injury that I forgot to put in in here for us is uh, Anderson Dejo is still in the concussion protocol. But again, I think George Odom has played fairly well in Sandejo's stead. And... Where's a button when you need it, you know? Other Colts news. Uh, Luke Rhodes, long snapper on the COVID-19 list. He was just the last one left over, right? He was put on the list on Saturday. Um, And and so that's why the Colts had to sign a long snapper for Sunday's game. But they already released that long snapper from the practice squad. So Luke Rhodes will be back at some point this week. But other than that, no Colts, no other Colts have gone on to the COVID list. Uh, two things to applaud from that game were 
T.Y. was T.Y.'s last touchdown. Lucas Oil being probably one of the most hilarious, funky ones he ever had there. Um, and then also, Jonathan Taylor breaks Edron James' Colts franchise record for the most rushing yards in a season, currently at 1,734 yards on the season. Uh, pretty fantastic feat uh, to accomplish in your second year. Hilarious. They did this whole thing. Jonathan Taylor has done this. Now, Colts fans, please be quiet. <laughs> I mean, they immediately they, were hushing us. I think they, they made a very poor choice to announce that. I, I know they wanted to as soon as he did break it to announce it to the crowd, but to announce it in the middle of a Colts drive when the Colts fans are already weren't being the uh, the most quiet while the offense was out there yesterday. There were a lot of Raiders there. There were a lot of Raiders fans there, but uh, if, if, if this was the Peyton Manning days, Peyton Manning would not have been thrilled. But I, I wish they would have held off until the uh, the Colts weren't on offense anymore, maybe a, a little bit of a break. But it was really cool that they did play a video of Edger and James congratulating Jonathan Taylor on on breaking his record uh, from one, yes. one Hall of Famer, one Colts great and a Hall of Fame running back to another Colts great running back that hopefully has a long career with the Colts as well. Uh, and if this is accurate from stats, Matt Darius went into fifth in Colts history and tackles too. Um, that is correct. That is also quite a feat for his fourth year, fifth year. He's fourth year in the league and he's already fifth in Colts history and tackles. Pretty, pretty, impressive. pretty, pretty impressive. Exactly. Didn't make the pro bowl as rookie year. And that jackass <laughs> Van Der Esch, who isn't even going to be a cowboy next year did so. People forget. Uh, Colts Hard Knocks still going. You know what? This would be the one reason I would give all these conspiracy theorists uh, a little bit of credit for saying, you know, they want the the NFL wants the Colts to do well because I honestly think that they thought next week was going to be the last episode of this show. I really do. I don't think people, when they, when they chose the Colts, when this all went down, I don't think they thought the Colts were going to make the playoffs, and it's becoming I, – I mean, I, the ratings well, have got to be through is, the roof. The thing is, they 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 chose the Colts in the summer, so it was before the season even started. Really, that, that, the, that the Colts were picked, and they, that HBO was in discussions with Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay and Frank Reich about this. So it was before the season even started, and the original deal was that the, that the the show would run throughout the whole Colts season. So whether they made the playoffs or not, whether they waited to the Super Bowl or not, it was always going to run throughout how far the Colts made it. So interesting. That's that's why the conspiracy series don't really hold up because this was decided back in, in the summer before Carson Wentz even hurt his foot. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to put it's, those to bed. Man, and that's probably – and it probably is because of Wentz, Matt. Um, but, you know, the, the, the regular Hard Knocks has such a specific criteria that mm -hmm. I still want to know what was – what was the criteria? Did they just pick what they thought was the best storyline in the league? Carson Wentz, Frank Reich being reunited was that the best storyline in the league? I'm um, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they wanted to pick because Carson Wentz had a role in it, but but they probably didn't want to pick a a team that was at the very top of the top or or a team that was at the bottom of the bottom and watching all the struggles. They wanted a team that had some drama that you yeah. know, they're were thought to be a, a playoff team and a competitive team, but it's not Happened. like they were. They were everyone was picking the Colts to win the Super Bowl. So I, I think not only that, but I, there's been talks in the past of HBO wanting to do hard knocks with the Colts, and and Ballard has said no and everything. But I think it was just time because the the Colts want to show how how great the men in that locker room are, yeah. and and the show has certainly done that this year. So what do you think? 
moments from that episode? I think, I mean, the one that stands out is number one, how calm Frank Reich was when Quentin Nelson was announced that he was on the COVID list. I yeah. mean, he just, just, he takes a couple second pause and he's like, okay, we're fine. And we'll then be, we'll be okay. And then he took it one step further, Andrew, and said that it was, it excited him. He, he said, it, the obvious, he said, obviously it sucks cues out, but moments like these get me excited. Um, he was just looking forward to the challenge and, and, and that there's Matt talking about it too. Um, but it was, yeah, it was very impressive. That was a great moment. I agree with you. Yeah. And then probably my, my other highlight of the show was just kind of watching how HBO showed Carson Wentz's final drive and how he led the Colts down the field, all the different angles, because I mean, we always talk, we talk about the throw and how he had to make that, that weird body angle. Not very many people I've heard talk about that Carson Wentz got absolutely lit up on that throw. I mean, he took a helmet to the chin, and it was called for roughing the passer because of that on the play, but we just don't remember it because the Colts got a touchdown. He got licked on there, but he delivered still a an absolute perfect throw, probably the best throw of the year Carson Wentz has made to Desmond Patman. And I really liked how the, how they built up to that, that saying like Carson Wentz needed to be the star of the game and, and how he went out and, and he proved it and got the job done. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I really, wa- I enjoyed watching Jim watch the game. Honestly, and I love that <laughs> yeah. he's wearing that cowboy hat again. Uh, you don't get to see they. That's the first time they've shown him during a game, I believe. Um, they've only done you know the after thing. Uh, I enjoy. And that's, Go ahead. That's by design too. So from what I've heard is is the Colts do have final say in all the editing yeah. of this show for to cut out some things for competitive. That's how it is during the normal or, ones too, right? Chris Ballard, you you haven't noticed Chris Ballard in it much, and you haven't noticed Frank Wright, or I'm sorry, Jim Irsay in it much, and that's by design because Jim Irsay yeah. and Chris Ballard want this to be want the focus to be on the coaches, and they want the focus to be on the players, and really show what this team is about, and the guys that are on the field and 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 in the trenches doing this dirty work out there and making this team what it is. That's what they want the focus to be on. Not, I mean, there we've had a we've had a Jim Mersey segment here. We've seen Chris Ballard a couple times, but they want the focus to be on the players, not the guys in the front office and ownership. So yeah. it's a pretty cool move by them, and some really awesome uh, coaches being shown off too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, Pat actually, the Pat McAfee show had a an exclusive preview on Wednesday during their show. Um, that was cool. Uh, and how'd you like uh, how'd you like Brian Baker calling Kyler Murray the gingerbread man? Absolutely was dying. <laughs> we were laughing a lot about that. Uh, what's what's the saying? What's it, uh, run, run as fast as you can. Can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. That's what we're going to call him. He's a gingerbread man. I was dying laughing. <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, I forget. The, the whole like motorbike thing that DeForest did. And then the Pro Bowl <laughs> those, announcement, those scooters, like the scooters were dope. I would, I would love to have one of those scooters. All that, all that footage was already released, though. So I was a little like, I, I kept having moments. I'm like, have I watched this episode already? I'm so confused. <laughs> um, so that was a little confusing, but it was good. It was a good episode, and that was a great win. So I'm glad we got to talk about that uh, last. So. I think this week's episode is gonna be gonna be pretty interesting to see, just how the Colts handled all of those guys on the COVID list all week. And then to see, I already have a feeling I know what the, what the uh, mood in that locker room was after that loss, but to kind of see 
how the Colts are going to take this and use it as motivation yeah. as they move forward with, with the game in Jacksonville and then hopefully into the playoffs. Week 17 scores, Andrew. Um, I didn't watch a single other game. Didn't throw one on in the car on the way home. Did not give a damn about any football. I <laughs> uh, was so mad. Uh, but the Bills beat the Falcons after a rocky start. We saw some scores throughout the game. Um, they ended up winning 29 to 15. Saw that Josh Allen had three interceptions on the day, and they still beat the Falcons. So, thankfully, I did not pick the Falcons, and the curse did not continue for me. So, Bills Bills are looking to try to get that division crown and get a home playoff game. Yep. Uh, Bears 29, Giants 3. Uh, not much of a surprise. The, the, the Giants are bad, and apparently there are now rumors um, that uh, the Giants owner is looking to blow it up again. Joe Judge said in his after the, after the game press conference that he went on this real long speech about how the the Giants are a good team. They've got a great group of guys. And one of his quotes was, "There, I, I've had some guys on other teams who are making more money than they did here text me and say they wish they were back with us. I, I don't know how much I believe that, Joe Judge, but I don't know how much longer you're going to be in New York as the head coach of the Giants. I think I think a blow-up might be on the horizon for them as well. I had to bust out the sad, trim, sad trim, trombone for that sad, sad lie. Uh, Bengals, Chiefs, what a football game. I did watch highlights from that. Bengals come back and win 34-31. I mean, it felt like at, at Lucas Oil Stadium, they just kept throwing up Jamar Chase uh, highlights. It was absolutely incredible. The, uh, the Bengals are, are looking very scary. And, and the, the core they've created, the young core, this Bengals team is going to be a force for a very long time. I mean, Joe Burrow, uh, his second year. Jamar Chase is a rookie. Joe Mixon is still very young. T. Higgins is only in his second year. Tyler Boyd is still very young. These weapons are just going to continue to grow together. And, and if the Bengals can keep this core, I mean, as stats Matt says, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, the next Rodgers and Adams, I mean, that's, I would, it could happen. I really have confidence that it very well could happen and they could be the next one. A Peyton and Marvin or a a Rodgers and Adams, something like that. My close personal friend, Dan Orlowski says they're the best duo under, uh, under uh, Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Yeah. Who knows? They're scary. They're scary. Good. Uh, Titans 34, Dolphins 3. Uh, I don't remember what it was we cheered about in the stadium at one point. Was it when the Chiefs were losing? Like, we, like it mattered. We were losing in the Raiders. You know what I mean? I wasn't quite sure. So the Titans 34, Dolphins 3. Um, Tyler is right back on the Watson train. Get two out of town. He's seen enough. Um, so who knows what's going on with the Dolphins? Who knows what's going on with the Dolphins and Tennessee Titans with that win clinch. Well, they would have clinched with the Colts loss anyway, but they clinched the AFC South and it looks like they're going to get Derrick Henry back. Right, right, right. As the playoffs are starting. So Titans, I mean, they, they have certainly struggled with their injuries, but I think the Titans are going to be a tough out in, in the playoffs. So all those Colts fans out there that say, Oh, well, we want the Titans out of there. That'll be an easy game. I want the Titans. I don't think it'll be an easy game, but I want to beat the Titans. 
obviously every Colts fan would love to beat the Titans, but, but to think that the Colts, just because they're playing the Titans are going to win. I think some Colts fans need to pump the brakes on that. Titans are a very good team. Uh, I did also expect the uh, Dolphins to put up a better fight. And no, they definitely didn't cheer the Rams game. Uh, that was not the one. Patriots 50, Jaguars 10. I mean, that does make me feel better heading into this game. Uh, but I still do not give a damn what happened this week because, you know, Andrews, corny, you know, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Cliche, self, any given Sunday, right, pal? Any team can win on any given Sunday, just like the best ability is availability. I could go on and on with all of my cliches, but yeah, doesn't mean a damn thing next week. Here's a guy that loves his cliches. (laughs) 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 Call me, call me Chuck Pagano and all my cliches and and coach talk. All right. Uh, Buccaneers 28 jets 24 and we'll get to the news. We will get to that news. We'll uh, get to that news. That was a close uh, well, game. As, uh, Eagles as, end up doing it. You mean the Buccaneers? You said Eagles, but yeah, as, but as far as Eagles the, did do as it, far also. as as far as the game is concerned, the Buccaneers only led for 15 seconds in that game. Not not something I thought I'd be saying when looking at that Bucks Jets matchup. But Tom Brady, like he always does, pulls a rabbit out of his hat and and leads the Bucks on a long drive to win the game at the end. Eagles 20, Washington football 16, football team 16, uh, and Jalen Hurts crushed by fans in a whole <laughs> gate. I mean, what what is going on in Washington? I did not see a single highlight from that game, but I did see where all those fans were wanting to see Jalen Hurts and then just an entire railing falling down, almost landing on Jalen Hurts, and all of these fans just falling basically from, I don't know, Five six, feet. To, six to seven feet down or up to falling down on concrete. And guess what? They all jump up, say they're okay. And then they just want to take selfies with Jalen Hurts. So he gets mobbed by a bunch of Eagles. And fans. he was but all, I, he was all about it. He checked I on mean, people. Credit, credit to Jalen Hurts. I mean, he, he was, he played it off. He was made sure everyone was okay. He didn't get flustered or anything when it happened. He st- stood there and was taking pictures with the fans. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts looks like a good guy. He comes out on the, on the good end on that one. Nick Sirianni's got himself a gritty squad. Nick Sirianni is doing a hell of a job there yeah. in Philadelphia. I'm happy. I for mean, him. I am too. And, and we're. I think this is just the beginning of the Frank Wright coaching tree. As Nick Sirianni has his coaching head coaching job, you guys already know my feelings about Bubba Ventrone. I think he's going to be a head coach. Matt Eberflus. Uh, I think Jonathan Gannon, who is now the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. He was the uh, the secondary coach for the Colts. He could possibly be a head coach down the line. Marcus Brady. I think we're going to start seeing a Frank Wright coaching tree pretty soon. Rams 20, Ravens 19, and uh, Matt Stafford did not give me an easy week of fantasy here. Um, it's coming down to the wire tonight between me and my mother. <laughs> For us in our matchup, we've got a two-week matchup, and I've got Matthew Stafford in our league, and he certainly didn't do me any favors. But, I mean, it, it, it pretty much eliminates the uh, – the the Ravens have to have a lot go their way this week for them to have a chance of making the playoffs. Lamar, once again, did not play. Um, the Ravens, I just they just haven't been able to overcome their injuries this year. Yep. Chargers 34, Broncos 13. Herbert looked good. Br- 
Herbert did look good. Um, Broncos, I think, have moved on. Drew Locke obviously isn't the answer. Teddy Bridgewater's not the answer. Broncos, I think, are looking to see if number 12 up in Green Bay is going to be available this offseason. And I think if he is, which I don't even know at this point if he will be, because it seems like things with him and the Packers are starting to look a lot better. But if number 12 is available, Broncos will definitely be making calls. I need Chubb tonight, Matt, to outscore, uh, was it Deontay? Damian? Something Harris uh, on the Steelers by 12 points. Najee Harris? No, it's something with a D. Deontay Johnson? Maybe Deontay Johnson. That could be it. It's definitely not Najee. I would not be feeling real good about this matchup <laughs> if it was Najee. Uh, but so far, so not so good. I'm still down 12. Uh, 49ers, 23, Texans, 7. Uh, I believe, what's-his-face got a chance this week? Why can't I Trey Lance got Trey the Lance. start because Jimmy Garoppolo's hand is all messed up. And I he got off to a shaky start. I was kind of keeping my eye on this one as as I drove home. and But it seemed like he, he was able to settle down, and he, he started making some plays there in the second half. Uh, Cardinals 25, Cowboys 22. I lied. I watched the end of that game. That game was on when I got home. I did watch that. Yeah, and I thought I thought the Cowboys were actually going to pull it off because the Cardinals again did not look impressive, but they the Cowboys put themselves in too big of a hole and and just couldn't dig themselves out of it there late in the game. Uh Saints do manage to beat the Panthers 18 to 10. Um pretty sure uh pretty sure uh Matt Rule's going to be out. Um that's the feeling I'm getting. I it it doesn't look good and and I was excited for Matt Rule when he first got hired on I thought it was a good hire thought he was really going to change the culture there in Carolina and it's just been a mess it, it hasn't worked out and I think with that what the Panthers want to do is they want to get an offensive mind in there and they want to make sure they get the quarterback position right and they've got a very aggressive owner that will try to give up a lot to get that so whether it's in the draft whether it's for Deshaun Watson we'll have to see the Seahawks this week said. We may lose Russ this offseason. Pete Carroll may get fired, and we're not going to make the playoffs, but I'll be damned if we're going to lose to the Lions. Uh, and they come out and win 51 to 29 against Detroit. Yeah. And I mean, Russell Wilson goes out there and throws four touchdowns, three of them to DK Metcalf. And uh, I mean, it was who would have thought the Seahawks Lions would be the highest scoring game of the weekend? Not me. <laughs> not me. Uh, Packers beat the Vikings 37-10. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I didn't expect anything else in that game. I didn't either, especially with Kirk Cousins being out. Adam Thielen's out for the year. Packers Packers look like a Super Bowl team right now. And as with them clinching the number one seed, the Buccaneers are going to have to go into Lambeau. And and if the Buccaneers want to repeat, they're going to have to go into Lambeau and beat them. And I know they did it last year. But this Packers team just seems so much better than they were last year. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have stepped it up a notch. The Buccaneers have obviously gone down a little bit with injuries. Well, the Packers have gotten some guys back from injury, too, on the defensive side, and Bakhtiari should be back, too. Bakhtiari is still waiting to be back. Jair Alexander, uh, Zadarius Smith, yep. Randall Cobb. All those guys are out for the Packers, and they've just still gone out there and dominate. And all those guys can return for the playoffs. Yep. Uh, news around the league. This is the one blowing up the internet, blowing up all of the sports uh, shows today. Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown is no longer with the team after outburst against the Jets. This was hilarious. I mean, an absolute embarrassment to football. 
um, but absolutely hilarious to watch. Uh, Mike Evans tried to stop it. Mike Evans tried to say, come on, man, like get it together. Um, but Antonio Brown, still not sure why. There's rumors out there that has to do with, you know, this uh, uh, an incentive bonus he was, uh, you know, getting close to getting. Um, that's bullshit because he still had, uh, he still has a whole nother game left and he was told to go back out on the field and he refused. So not sure how he's going to get that one, you know, unraveled, but just throws his shoulder pads across the sideline, throws his shirt into the stands. I mean, what an embarrassment. So what, what, what I've heard, and, and this is what I, what Maybe I've normal. heard being cor- corroborated, um, by multiple different people, a abnormal, my gosh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So what happened is that that Bruce Arians told Antonio Brown to go back into the game and Antonio Brown refused. Now, why he refused is still up in the air. There's some people that have said that it was because of his lingering ankle injury. He didn't feel like it was, he was able to go. Other people said he just didn't want to go in for whatever reason. And, and Bruce Arians again told him to go in the game. He said no. So Bruce said, if you're not going to go into the game, then, then get the hell out. And that's what kind of happened where Antonio Brown blew up on the sidelines. He starts trying to take his pads off. Like you said, Mike Evans tries to calm him down. Mike Evans is a captain on the team, could not do it. Antonio Brown takes his pads off, tosses them on the bench, takes his undershirt off and his gloves and tosses those into the, into the stands. And then basically just, just runs off the field. I mean, pumps up the crowd a little bit, does throws up a peace sign, and and literally pieces out, goes through the tunnel. Takes the an stadium, Uber home. Takes, takes an Uber wherever because he didn't fly back with the Buccaneers on the team plane. So, I mean, you said it was hilarious, but and it, it kind of is to see just – it was just something that I've never seen on a football field before. And it's almost like a, a real bad car accident where you just can't look away because of, of the destruction and, and the meltdown that's happening. Antonio Brown needs some serious help. And, and I don't know if he recognizes it yet that he needs help, but I mean, if, if, if you're close to Antonio Brown, the people around him really need to, to kind of sit him down and, and, and get him some help because that's, that's just not normal behavior. I know Chris Carter, uh, the hall of fame wide receiver is really close to Antonio Brown. And, and he's, and he said that the hit, he needs some help. And, and I hope that he does get the help that he needs, obviously not making any excuses for any of this because his, his acts on the field and off the field have been despicable by, by pretty much every measure, but the, the dude needs some help. And, and hopefully one day he, he does get that before, before something terrible happens or he ends up losing his life, going to jail, hurting somebody else in, in ways that he hasn't already hurt people before. Um, so overall still kind of a very sad situation for Antonio Brown, a very big waste of talent. And uh, hopefully he can get his, get his act together. I hope all those things too, but I just want to tell this dumbass: We didn't say one single thing about uh, a COVID excuse or about why the Colts lost. Did you say that? <laughs> no, I, I didn't say that. that. Does anybody say that in the comments? I didn't think so. All right. Have a good day, Mr. Singh. Uh, <laughs> Hey, stats, Matt. Did anybody say that? Matt, we'll have stats check, Matt go through. It go, again. go ahead and go ahead and check the number of times we made that excuse. Um, no, it was negative we, five. What we, what we said was, is there I was believe- a lot of guys. There was a lot of guys on the COVID list, but the Colts weren't. You were not using that as an excuse. That's and right. We also we. said it wasn't an excuse. 
They no, should have showed up to play because it's the NFL. They should have showed up regardless. All right, I believe we said though all those things. Uh, Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup tore his ACL against the Cardinals Sunday and is out for the rest of the year. By the way, thank you, Matt. He said, practice. I think we talked about practice, but it wasn't an excuse. Practice, we talking about practice. But yeah, Michael Gallup, really good, under again, underrated wide receiver and a guy who was set to hit free agency this spring and probably cash in on a multi-year deal with a team. I mean, Michael Gallup is almost a perfect compliment to a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. If we're talking about the Colts offense, where he's a guy that can catch the ball deep, he can work out of the slot, a guy that that can you can move all over the field. And now with him tearing his ACL beginning of January, you probably think the earliest he'd be able to return is September. I'm not sure that he's going to be looking for that multi-year deal that, that he wanted. Again, it's it's happened in the past. I mean, Allen Robinson has done it. Um there's been other guys that have torn their ACL and still gotten uh, coming off of an ACL injury, still gotten big, uh, big contracts. Bud Dupree of the Titans, even this past year, he was one of those. But if, if Michael Gallup can make a, can make a return and, and be what he was, I mean, he's a very good wide receiver. And I think somebody that, that a team can make as their number, number one, number two wide receiver, one of their top receivers in their rotation. And he could fill that role very nicely. All right, Andrew, Colts player of the game. It's as long as it needs to be. (laughs) Colts player of the game kind of by default. Jonathan Taylor this week, uh, 20 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. And the main reason he's the player of the game is because he did break Edron James' rushing record for most rushing yards in a season in Colts franchise history. Uh, and it's only going to keep climbing. So I like that he that he was able to do it within the 16 games, the same amount of games that Edge did it. Yeah. So as to not say, oh, well, he had one more game. But uh, really no asterisks the, on this one. Really liked how how Edra and James the the video of him congratulating JT, and uh, hopefully it's just a sign of things to come. So Jonathan Taylor, Colts player of the game. All right, uh, I'll allow that one. Uh, as you know, I'm not a big fan of the participation trophies, but I'll allow that one just because of the uh, the record breaking. But um, don't forget to go follow us at a Colts podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where you will not see us uh, use COVID as an excuse for a loss. Um, thanks for giving us a view, though, pal. Thanks for coming and joining, uh, even if it was to spout off stupid bullshit. <laughs> Um, go follow us. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Go Colts. Big matchup with Jacksonville. Win and they're in. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.